Welcome to the Jolt Episodes. This is a feature of the In Awe Podcast meant to give you energy and a boost to look around your world and exercise a signature strength. Between interviews with incredible women who leave us awe-inspired, I will share stories that will prompt you to look around and see the beauty in your own world. I hope you find yourself awe-inspired. Oh, friends, I am so glad that you are here for this Jolt episode today. Not only is it a perfectly timed message for me, I know it is meant to land for my listeners. This Jolt represents the final in the series where I share leaders from around the world who shared their faith and action stories from my latest book, Lead with Faith. Today's story comes from someone who may not even know his role in my own rise up. I first heard of Tim Cavey when he messaged me and asked me to be on his new podcast, Teachers on Fire. I was sitting at the dinner table of my grandparents' house after literally completing my principal contract days prior with my first book publication looming within the next week. It was a middle point that I'll never forget and one of my most vulnerable and exposed feeling spaces. I was thinking, I am nobody anymore. How can I be on a podcast? Yet his simple ask and our conversation itself bolstered me, bolstered me and reminded me that my title was not me. Fast forward a few months, and when the vision for the In Awe podcast was pressing on my heart, I needed help to launch it forward. Tim not only poured much-needed belief into me, he sat one Sunday in Canada and I in Wisconsin and shared his screen with me to help me through the barriers that I was facing with editing. In the vulnerable space of launch, he was there. And as Tim's influence has grown in the edge podcasting world and other spaces, he remains to be one of the trusted people that I seek out. Friends, this man is such a gift to our world. In a small group where we are connected, he shared with us the very story I'm about to share with you now, and I am in complete awe and inspired by the message, his willingness to share it, and the path his story can create forward for us all as we examine our own pit moments and how we can rise up from them. Here is Tim Cavey, educator, blogger, and host of the Teachers on Fire podcast with his faith in action story, which comes from the Rise Up section of Lead with Faith. I'm home quick. The house is on fire. The date was December 3rd, 2012. There was an hour of classes left in the school day, but this was the text message I saw on my phone. It was my landlord, and she wasn't kidding. With obvious concern, I excused myself from the building as soon as possible and took the train home to my basement suite. When I arrived, fire trucks and crews blocked the street and fire inspectors were wrapping up their work. An hour earlier, to make sure I wasn't sleeping through my fire in my suite, they had smashed through the door. My living space was sitting in an inch of water from the fire hoses, but that was nothing compared to the damage the fire had inflicted on the main and upper floors of the house. The structure was a complete loss. Stunned, I tried to take in this rapid change in circumstances. I was suddenly homeless, and with no family in the immediate area, it would be up to me to find a new place to live. To complicate matters, I was working through a divorce at the time, a slow extrication from a dysfunctional relationship that had led me to the city in the first place. My life isn't supposed to look like this, I thought. Thankfully, God answered my prayers for a new place to live with incredible speed. Within 24 hours and following a few minor miracles, I was able to move into another fully furnished basement suite that was even closer to the school where I taught. Even while moving my belongings into a rental van on a dark and rainy December evening, I felt the warm embrace of a caring father. All was not lost. My living situation was resolved from the time being, but my life's path forward remained uncertain. What was my purpose? Where was God calling me to live? With the wreckage of a dysfunctional marriage in my wake, and as I struggled with the stigma of divorce, how could I possibly continue anything of value, contribute anything of value to the lives of others again? 
Over the days, weeks, and months that followed, I gradually unwound from the emotional fetal position and social isolation that had gripped me since separation a couple of years prior. First, I leaned into the support of loving colleagues, finally sharing with transparency and asking for support when needed. I visited local churches, first attending anonymously and then plugging into small groups. I formed new relationships with other believers, continuing a journey of emotional and spiritual healing. I learned to fully embrace the grace of Christ, rejecting the shame of marital failure, and instead learning to empathize more deeply with others facing similar challenges. I was learning to breathe again, and as that process of recovery continued, I slowly regained the capacity to love and serve others in meaningful ways. Fast forward to 2020, and God has rewritten my story in ways that are nothing short of miraculous. I am married to a beautiful woman whose heart beats for Jesus and whose love fills me with a joy I never thought possible. I'm a proud stepdad to two handsome boys, and the three of us drive to a wonderful school campus together each day. My family attends a vibrant church plant community in the neighborhood, and we are privileged to host a life group in a beautiful home of our own. A single mom and her son even call our basement sweet home. As I sit in my home office typing these words, I think back to that dark and rainy night back in December 2012. Standing in the ashes of a dark and burned out house, I was surrounded by feelings of failure and loss. At the time, it was hard to imagine a future with any sort of light and promise. Yet my Heavenly Father saw a path forward. In Isaiah 61, we read of His longing to exchange ashes for beauty, mourning for joy, praise for despair. This was my experience, and this is the heart of our God. Tim's story moves me deeply, and I am in awe of the way he literally rose up from the ashes to his current state, which I can tell you is filled with love and service to others. As Tim describes through his own experience, a rise-up doesn't happen overnight, and certainly not without action on our part. I appreciate how Tim shares how the sudden loss of his home essentially was the pit moment, yet there were factors that had him tumbling into the darkness prior. We all suffer loss, whether that is physical wellness, loss of a dream, people we love in this life, identity through a title, relationships, finances, stability, our homes, or any other you can mention. Honestly, during this time, we could probably name countless. And the residue from our grief can settle onto us into what I call soul dust. But friends, we don't have to stay in the pit, even if some of the residue stays with us. I don't know if you're in a pit moment now, if you might be and don't even realize you are, if you have never experienced a trip and fall into the depths, or if one is in front of you. Maybe you're sliding slowly at this very moment. What a gift it would be if this jolt served you to avoid your own tumble, to realize you are in the midst of the ashes, or to assist you in rising up. That is my goal. In Lead with Faith, I share a description of my own pit, and I'll share it with you now. Living from my own pit felt like existing in a multiverse where my own personal hell was watching the events of my life occur on two parallel screens. One version featured me skipping around the world, waxy and shining, radiantly trying to save the world around me and facing each new challenge that seemed to come at me from every angle. Fear entangled itself into the fibers of my clothes, creating an illusion of control on the outside, but there existed a deep hollow in my stomach and heart. The other version suffered in the cell I had created at the very bottom of the pit where I lay dried up, filthy, stained and chained on a heap of ashes, thirsty, bloodied, broken. Scariest from that time, a shiny version didn't know chain version existed, and little Miss Cindergirl was too broken to cry for help. Until it was time to rise. If you and I have been connected for a while, you know that my one word and central focus for 2018 was rise, 
And it happened to be the year I rose up in many ways. The process of writing about that rise up was so freeing, remains highly bolstering, and all the credit for that lies couched within the relationship that I worked hard to lean into with God. I take none of that credit, friends, because I was frankly not strong enough to do it on my own. And there is no easy answer to how that can happen in a person's life. Like any relationship, it has taken continued commitment on many levels. And I can tell you that this relationship is the one that I need the most in every space of my life, friends. If you are someone listening now thinking, how do you even hear? That is so different for everyone. I sure wish I had the answer for you personally. For me, I wrote about it in Lead with Faith in this way. People often ask me how I began discerning discerning the voice of the Holy Spirit in my life. The literal truth is awareness started with a gradual realization akin to the sensation I imagine when a person comes out of a deep coma. I slowly realized the close and soothing whisper in my ear was also the one slicing my heart between my shoulder blades. And I began to strain toward the distant call that had been echoing through watery ears. When we are in the pit, we must listen for the distant call, the one whose echo travels through the light and shines the way back out. The difference between that once distant call and the now distant whisper is as discernible to me as light and dark. Staying close to that call and seeking that voice above any other is how I hear. I am grateful every day for the chance to listen, and I choose to take the opportunity so that slicing whisper will not ever gain on me again. Hoisting myself out of that pit required a lot of work, but I am forever grateful for the process of it all. I mentioned that work is never ending, and I'm going to tell you why. There is always an opportunity to trip back into our pits, new pits, new battles to avoid, engage, triumph over, and sometimes lose. There is always a new fear giant around the corner. I wish I could tell you differently. Here's a real one for me, friends. I wrote about it bravely in Lead with Faith. I am in a Neogram 7, and at my healthiest, there is a lot of good there. In the unhealthy space, I have coping tendencies that are patterns in my life waiting to trip me. In 2019, I abstained completely from alcohol based on a conviction from the Holy Spirit, and it was a game changer. I was able to write a book, build a budding and successful speaking career, create the In Awe podcast, and deliver consistent content along with all other aspects of simply being me. I had mental energy to develop deep and abiding relationships with special people in my life, and I needed full clarity to slay all those giants in 2019. In late March of this year, When my friend Jake's health took a nosedive, I began having a few drinks at night, not even realizing the pattern I was beginning until it was two weeks after he was gone and my numbing was taking place every evening again. This is a dangerous pattern in my life, friends. I hate it, and I know I'm not alone in this, but I refuse to tumble into that pit, and I am grateful for the relationship my loving father continues with me to convict me to fast it all again. What a clear head I have had for this past week, and the emotions wash over me in waves, so painful as a throbbing toothache, but I know I need to feel, or I'll become waxy, shiny, broken, and chained version of Sarah again, and frankly, I do not like that person. I've spent so much time getting to know the wholehearted Sarah, learning to forgive her for her mistakes and utter failures, to love her for her obnoxious laugh and a song at the tip of her tongue every ever loving second of her life. I have learned to search for her weakness, for her tendencies to cover her true feelings to make herself small among giants, and I keep whispering in her ear to remember that God is the one who says who she is, not the world. 
that even in the midst of this unending unknown, he will be there in it all. None of the words I just said could come without hard work, my friends. Hard work. It's just the truth. We're so good at hiding in our layers, allowing fear which manifests in so many sneaky ways to let us slide into our pits without even knowing it. We're not meant to exist in pits, though. You are not. I am not. We could be in a collective pit now, friends. I think we might be. But we simply must not stay there. Consider one of our most wise mentors in this life, Maya Angelou, when she says, You may not control all the events that happen to you, but you can decide not to be reduced by them. After years of engaging in this work, studying scholars on resilience, namely reading every Brené Brown work, and analyzing what it took for me to cultivate my own rise up, I created this framework in Lead with Faith, and I hope this simple acronym full of simple yet powerful steps that you can take right now serves you, my friends. My love for this in our community has no bounds. You are literally evidence that I am living out the mission that I am called to in this space outside of the pit. You are my sunlight, friends. Let me put a handout now for you. Here is the Rise Up Framework. R. Rely upon trusted mentors and experience, but retain your own mind. I. Interrogate. Become a relentless investigator of the facts, separating lies from truth. S. Seek answers, forgiveness, and silence. E. Expect to be healed. U. Understand what tripped you into the pit. And P. Prepare to face the fear giants again. Regardless of your position near your own pit, friend, you are not alone. I hope this message serves as a jolt to help you see that you aren't alone, that you're worthy of a rise up, and you absolutely can break through up and out into freedom. As Tim's example illustrated beautifully from what he learned rising up from his own literal ash pit, beauty can come from the ashes. I believe in you, friends. I believe you can rise up, and I believe we can help one another face those new giants waiting. Blessings, friends. Hey, you. Yeah, I'm talking to you, listener, checking out this Jolt episode. Hey, I want to see what you're seeing in the world. So hop on over to Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or wherever you want and pop out a quick sentence or a picture or something that inspired you this week. Let's let's share with one another. Show the community what you're seeing with your eyes to see the beauty in the world. Hashtag in awe to rise.